0: This is Heather Meckes, Director of Discipleship at CRC, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you, encourages you, and allows you to see how God is moving in and around you. If you would like to check out more resources, go to coopersvillereform.com. Enjoy the message. Good morning, how are we doing? We doing all right? Man, those were some, those were some beautiful, beautiful songs. Um, and just in preparation to our time this morning, I'll, I'll just give you a heads up. Uh, this is a thick topic, as you can see, that one word illustration up there. Uh, gossip, this is heavy. And you, you may be thinking, oh, you know, what's, what's the big deal, man? You know, gossip, few people do it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if so few people uh, engage with this. And so this is going to be a heavy topic this morning. I, I just give you uh, a fair warning, and there's a lot that the Bible has to say about it. And so that's primarily why it's going to be so thick and so heavy. I feel like 30% of my sermon is just filled with with the Word of God. Um, and so I, I pray that your ears would be open that God would give you ears to hear this morning as well as me, okay? Um, Snails. Snails. They're not only slow, slimy, and sluggish. Some of y'all think that describes your husband, really well, but but they are also strong, which also describes your husband, okay? Uh, We're even. Okay, the strength of a snail is actually found in its tongue. It's like this secret weapon that's all curled up. The average snail has about a 1,000 small tooth-like structures on its tongue, and even some snails have up to like 10,000 of these Teeth like structures that are on their tongue. The snail uses these teeth to saw through leaves and stems and the like. Once again, the snail's tongue is called a radula. A radula, this radula is extremely strong, but the tongue can also be very destructive. The Bible also talks about another tongue that can inflict great harm on people, and that is the tongue of people, the human tongue. More sins have probably been committed by our tongue than any other member of our body combined. It's a big deal. The average person, believe it or not, will speak about one fifth of their entire life. Just imagine that. About 20% of your entire existence, you will speak on average. That's crazy. And if you were to translate your words, your speech, in a given day, it would come out to 50 pages of literature, a day, 50 pages. If you were to translate that then to a year annually, it would come out to 18,250 pages of literature. And then if you were to translate that to the normal lifespan of a human being, it would come out to 1.5 million pages of literature that is spoken by a person. That kind of blows my mind. And so in relation to that thought, I wanna ask this question. What kind of book would your words produce? If the book were to end today, what kind of book would your words produce? Would you want it published? What kind of book would your words produce? And as we consider this, I also wanna give you another challenge. This can be heavy. If people were to keyword their name into your book, and you can do that through control F, I believe, is that also on Apple, can you do that? Okay, command F, sorry, command F, okay. If people were to search their name in the book that your words are writing, what would they find out that you think about them and that you say about them? Would they be like, man, they are so gracious. They are just incredibly gracious about me. Or would they rather say, ah, that is overly critical. Those jerks, they said that about me, me. Would they think that the words that you speak about them are overly critical? Or would they think rather they're actually really gracious? Our topic of discussion this morning is the topic of gossip. And I heard it said this way in the first person, I am more deadly than the screaming shell of a cannon. I win without killing. I tear down homes, I break hearts, I wreck lives. I travel on the wings of the wind. No innocence is strong enough to intimidate me. No purity is pure enough to daunt me. I have no regard for truth, no respect for justice, no mercy for the defenseless. My victims are as numerous as the sands of the sea and there are often people who are innocent that I punish. I never forget and I seldom forgive. My name is Gossip. A definition, I think, is a pretty good working definition, comes from uh, John Piper, pastor in Minnesota, also an author and I think a theologian in his own right. Piper shares this about gossip Gossip is derogatory information about someone that you have that is shared with others in a tone of confidentiality that is not motivated by doing good to them, and that you are enjoying in a way that shows your heart is not humble. I feel like that's a pretty good working definition of the gossip that we're talking about this morning and also that the Bible describes. Proverbs 16, 28 says this, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. We're gonna be working with three points this morning. We're gonna be Trinitarian in our sermon this morning. So the the first point this morning is gossip is an attack against people. Gossip is an attack against people. The nature of gossip is almost always hidden. It's hidden against the persons that it is attacking. It's an attack against people. If you were to look at gossip in terms of like Facebook or Twitter, it wouldn't be a status update, it would be a personal DM, okay? It's hidden, it's personal, and it's an attack. And not only is it an attack against someone's character, but I would propose to you that it's actually an attack against the character of God and the person of God. Why? Well, because we are created in the image of God. We are image bearers. We were made in the likeness of God. And thus, when we gossip against someone else who is also an image bearer, created in the image of God, In a sense, we are defaming God, okay? So it's not only an attack against the person who you are gossiping about, I would suggest to you it's also an attack against the person and the work of God who created that individual or those individuals in whom you are gossiping about. Gossip is silent, but it's not simply silent. It's more of a, of a quiet thing that we do behind closed doors. We hope that it remains silent amongst those who we're we are gossiping about, but against someone else, it's usually pretty quiet. Usually if you're gossiping, and even the person might be near, you might say, hey, close that door. It's not necessarily a silent killer, but it's a quiet killer. Some translations in the word of God, instead of saying gossiper will actually say whisperer. Whisperer. There's someone who likes to kind of stir the pot. And and here's the problem when it comes to gossip. The problem is we can all too often justify it. and, And here's some of the statements we'll make in our justification. We'll say, I'm just someone who tells it like it is. Let's tell it like it is. Well, you're not telling it to that person, you're telling it about that person to another person. And so we oftentimes justify our attack against people in the form of gossiping by just saying, well, man, I'm just pretty straightforward, man, I'm black and white. I just tell it like it is. And that's really not, that's actually not the case. It's a complete justification, and in a sense, I I would suggest it's borderline harassment against other people behind their back. We need to be careful also about the news that we're sharing concerning others. You know, I I think sometimes in churches, we're really good at this, and if you go to your local prayer meeting, we have prayer here at 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. in the morning, our prayer goes from 6 to 8 a.m., led by one of our elders. And if you go to a local prayer meeting, I don't think you're going to find it there. But many, many churches, man, if I just ask, like, hey, do we have some prayer requests? You might have some people stand up and be like, let me tell you about Catherine. Catherine's got a wandering eye, you know. That girl, she's had a wandering eye ever since I knew her, Pastor. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Keep going. Let me tell you about her husband, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, I was out their house the other week went in the fridge, grabbed some ketchup for, for the burger that I was eating without an alcoholic beverage, and I happened to notice that they had a 48-pack, of Bush Light in their thing. I mean, I know he's probably struggling. I know he's hurting. Let me tell you about Tommy. And we can actually disguise it in terms of prayer requests, and really what it becomes is a gossip fest, and not so much prayer. It's like, where are we supposed to be? Praying about Catherine and Tommy just a minute ago. It's like you just rattled off all these things that may or may not be true of Catherine and Tommy. Someone once said, there is only one thing as difficult as unscrambling an egg, and that is unspreading a rumor. Because once it spreads, it just keeps rolling. Gossip is an extremely destructive yet subtle attack. During World War II, the United States government concerned uh, was very concerned that a number of German spies were actually uh, in, in the midst of their own armies. And so they, they started this movement, and it was actually something that they were posting, About It was to keep from impacting the war effort. The Office of War Information launched a national campaign around the slogan, loose lips might sink ships. And here's one of the images that were used during this time. To keep people from speaking about what should not be spoken about, they had this campaign. It was a solemn warning to people not to repeat information that might be damaging or even deadly if it were to fall into the wrong ears. Gossip is an attack against people. In the same way, the word of God warns us of gossip. Repeating stories has a way of dividing the body of Christ. How many of y'all know someone who left the church due to gossip? I mean, there are people who you may even know who have been either gossiped against or someone else was led to leave a church because someone gossiped against them and they ended up finding out. It is completely destructive. I've heard it said a gossip usually makes a mountain out of a molehill by adding some dirt. That's what a gossip does. The tongue has no bones, but it's strong enough to break a heart. King David Heroic, brave. King David in Psalm 109.3 said, with words of hatred they surround me, they attack me without cause. With words of hatred they surround me, it affected him. It affected him, they attack me without cause. Here's a question for us, is gossip true or is gossip false? Is it true? or is it false? Think about it. I'd suggest that it can be both, but we're gonna talk about two levels here. Really, they're maybe the same, but they just have different, they're sister sins, you could say. One is slander. Slander is a form of gossip, but it maybe even raises the bar a bit. Slander is malicious, and slander is a false report. Slander is defamation, you could say. God doesn't take kindly to slander, and the Word of God has a lot to say about slander. The Bible identifies it as one of the things actually that God hates. Proverbs 6, verse 16, and then verse 19, says there are six things the Lord hates, even seven that are detestable to him, and then fast-forwarding to verse 19, it says, A false witness who pours out lies, that would be a slanderer. A false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community, I think that would be a gossiper, right? So just there in one verse, in verse 19, you have slander and gossip described in layman's terms in the book of Proverbs. Ephesians 4, 30 through 31, Paul to the church in Ephesus says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, church. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, of rage, anger, brawling, and slander, get get rid of it. Get rid of it, along with every form of malice. Gossip grieves the Holy Spirit of God, and as a result, I would share with you this morning that it should also grieve us. For if we claim to be people who are indwelled by the Holy Spirit, should we not be grieved with the very things that grieve God, grieve the heart of God? But gossip can be true, or at least partially true, but unfortunately, it's often shared in I would say always shared with ill intent. Gossip is not shared with the hope of building someone up, but rather tearing someone down, regardless if the information is true or false. Essentially, slander and gossip are what we would call maybe sister sins. They are kind of one of the same. So we did time here to break up this craziness. We did time and uh, we we scoured your guys' inboxes and we actually um, surveyed 100 people without them knowing in, uh, in their hearts and we searched for the top four answers on the board of what, what is often gossiped about in the lives of those that see it. No, I'm kidding. This is actually from womansday.com. It was an article a few years back. And here are the top four topics that people often gossip about. Here's number four. I I should've got the Steve Harvey mustache, but it wasn't worthy for just one Sunday. Um, Celebrities (laughs) Uh, is something that people love to gossip about. Um, Anyone ever heard of Johnny Depp lately? It's popping off, isn't it? Facebook, Insta, Twitter, uh, TikTok. Amber Heard, you heard? All over. People are, man, the Johnny Depp's lawyer and everything, I've I've given ear to it. I ain't gonna lie. It's an issue, right? People love this stuff. We eat it up. Number three, reputation. People gossip about others' reputation. It's a problem. Number two, sex in relationships. It's a big topic of gossip. We wanna hear more about it. We want to feed and consume ourselves with this stuff. And then the top one, according to this particular article, is money and power. Let me give you a a way in which this can often be used in a subtle way. It's like, they bought what? They got another new car? (laughs) They're adding an extension to their house? They're doing what? They're doing another project? They're, They're moving and they're moving where? Oh, they're building? Do you know how much lumber costs? They're building? I'm telling you, I don't know where they get it. I, I think they're in a secret drug, drug ring or something, I don't know, and we, we do this. I mean, seriously, and it just happens naturally. But when we gossip, it's not only an attack on the person we're speaking about, but this is our second point here rolling into it. It also affects the person who's receiving the information. Here's what Proverbs 17 verse four says. It says, a wicked person, this is like, A wicked person listens to it, to deceitful lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. Secondly, gossip affects the listener. So y'all may be saying, man, I'm pretty holy. I don't gossip against people, all right? But do you give ear to others who do? like, but I'm really not even listening. Like When they're on the phone talking, I just put them on mute. They don't know. I'm brushing my teeth. I'm using the bathroom. I'm doing everything I got to do, and they're just popping off. I don't know about that. Not only is the listener affected through the information they're receiving, but they are also proving themselves to be a person who gives ear to gossip. When we do this, we are an accomplice to the crime of gossip. That's hard reality. But the Word of God seems to be very clear on this. This may be the greatest struggle for all of us, for at least the majority of us, that maybe you're someone who's saying, man, I I don't speak about others behind their back, I don't gossip, I don't slander, but maybe you're a person who gives ear to it. And it's difficult because it can be so easy to just justify it. There's a saying that goes, he who gossips to you or she who gossips to you, will also gossip about you. So if they're talking to you about so and so, they may also be talking to so and so about you as well. That's a reality. How many of you experienced this sometime in your life, that this very person who would come to you and gossip about someone else and you would listen to them, you later found out also was gossiping about you to someone else? The great British preacher Charles Spurgeon, known as the Prince of Preachers, once said this, if there were no gratified hearers of ill reports, there would be an end of the trade of spreading them. If there weren't people who wanted to listen to gossip, there would probably be an end to the people who were spreading the gossip. I think that's such a great point. The problem isn't just that people love to share gossip. The reason they love to share it often is people love to listen to it. I don't know what it is about it. It just seems to have this attraction to our soul and to our ears. Like we want more of it. It, It's almost addictive. This is why shows like Entertainment Tonight E-news, media such as TMZ, Access Hollywood, and the list goes on and on and on. This is why they exist, because we consume it. And they keep producing the information or the gossip. When we spend our time consumed in this, I just gotta be real with you, I don't believe it's pleasing at all in the sight of God. And that's not me just being some legalistic jerk me looking at the word of God and saying, this seems pretty clear here. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of a gray area. The Bible warns us, Proverbs 20, verse 19 says, in the New International Version, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. I love another version as well. It's the Holman Christian Standard Bible. It says, the one who reveals secrets is a constant gossip. Avoid someone with a big mouth. That's a version I can get down with. Right, just, they got a big mouth. Love them. And I'm just saying, you might want to avoid them. It's real. So gossip, not, and listen to me. There's so much grace in this. And we're going to get to the grace part here. I'm just pounding the pavement right now. But if you feel like, oh, that's me. No one's trying to avoid you right now. Brother, sister, we want to bring you in. I'm gonna bring you in, we're gonna love you, okay? Wanna hear you, but we also have to be clear with one another with what the Bible says. We gotta call each other out lovingly and call each other to repentance in a community, in love, in the Spirit of God, led by the Spirit of God. So gossip not only affects the person who's talked about and it not only affects the listener, but there's a third person It also affects, and this is probably the heart of the message. It comes from the words of Jesus. This point derives from that. In Luke 6, 45, Jesus said, look, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil person brings evil things out of the evil stored up in their heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Our last point on this thought is, gossip actually exposes the gossiper. It actually shares what's truly inside of you, which is scary, okay? And all of us can just be real here. That's scary. If you've ever been in a time of worship, I hope you guys have been in a time of worship like this, where you, maybe you're alone, maybe you're in the community of faith, maybe you're at a Christian but con- whatever it is, whether you're in alone time with God, community, maybe at a Christian concert, and it's almost like God in your heart just like points to that thing, and he doesn't leave it alone. And he's just like, this thing, we need to deal with this thing. Does that ever happen? Like, that's, to me, it hurts so good but it's so beautiful. Like it hurts, like ah! But it's so beautiful because that's God wanting to purge you. Like the psalmist says in Psalm 139, he just wants to purge you from your iniquities, from your sins. He wants you to come into the light with it, come into freedom because there's so much grace. And this is what gossip does. Gossip exposes The gossiper, gossip gives us this fleeting pleasure of superiority and oftentimes what we're doing when we're gossiping about someone, we're looking to put ourselves on a pedestal. So we're gossiping about someone. In turn, what we're doing is we're taking the light away from us and we're wanting to shine it because light exposes. We're wanting to shine it on someone else's failures as we see them. And it's so utterly sinful. And it can be so easy to do. It can be so easy. Say, I don't want this, because I know if the light's exposed on me, man, people are gonna find out some things. People are gonna find out who I really am. People are gonna find out what I really struggle with. People are gonna find out. So I gotta, oh, have you heard about Terry? Terry, Terry's got a lust problem. Terry's Terry's got issues. We take that light off of ourselves and we put it on someone else in terms of absolutely and utterly attacking them. And it happens so easily. James three, verses six through eight. James has a lot to say on this. So he has a lot to say on this. Read through the letter of James and you're gonna get a lot about the tongue. Okay, it says this, the the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. It continues, and all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed, and have been tamed by mankind. And it continues, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. That is how the word of God depicts our tongue, depicts our mouth and the words we share. It is a restless evil and it's full of poison outside of the spirit of God. Gossip is a wildfire that has gone out of control. So next time when you're tempted to gossip, consider the effect that you're having on the person who you are gossiping about. Or the next time you are tempted to listen to gossip, think about the effect that you are also having on the gossiper, because you're basically justifying it, saying this is okay, I, I, I give ear to this, this is fine. And you're also an accomplice to the attack on the person that this person may be gossiping about. It's, it's a big problem. It's a huge, it's just it's such a big issue. We know that gossip is a product of our sinful nature. We know how incredibly destructive gossip is. Now, what are some tips for us from God's Word, some, some answers for us per se from God's word. And first, we're taught to overlook an offense. I think a lot of people gossip about others because they first were offended by them. And so you get offended by someone, and then in turn, your attack to them is often not to their face. You may even say, oh no, we good, we're fine, we're good. But you're really not, and so then, in an attack towards that person who has offended you, you gossip about them. So you're really not good, right? The Bible is very clear. Overlooking an offense is a thing that people filled with the Spirit do. Proverbs seventeen nine says, he who covers over an offense promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Proverbs seventeen nine. Overlooking an offense is an act of love, grace, and friendship. But let me just say this as well. If you have a friend, who is constantly offensive and offending you, I also gotta say this, they might not be your friend either. So you got it, there's balance there. So if you're constantly being offended, like, man, Lord, how many offenses, I'm, I'm having to overlook so many offenses, I'm building up a wall here, man. I mean, we're really, we're really having to overlook offense. They might not actually be a friend. That's the reality. Secondly, Don't listen to gossipers. It's basically just bleeding from our second point. Don't, just don't listen to gossipers. Proverbs 20, 19, again, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a person who talks too much. Here's the challenge. You're going to be looked at as crazy. I'm telling you, y'all are gonna be challenged with this this week, almost every single one of you. You're gonna be looked at as crazy. I hope it sticks in your mind when you're like, oh, snap. Here it is, and I'm gonna, I'm listening. What what do I do? Are you going to speak up? Are you going to be like, I, look, this is just what it might sound like. I've had to do this quite a few times, and it actually ticks people off. So I kind of like that. So I'm okay with it. But uh, when gossip comes to you, and and you say something like, Hey, hey, can I? please can I stop this sounds a lot like gossip like I love you and I want to remain friends I want to remain acquaintances whatever that is but can we stop this conversation like can we talk about something else because this this sounds a lot like gossip I'm telling you that person if they are filled with the Holy Spirit they're gonna like take probably minor offense to it immediately But over time, if they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they're gonna be like, dang, they were right. And if they're filled with the Holy Spirit, it might not be surprising that they come back and call you like the next day or three days, depending on how long it takes them to get over it and be like, hey, I gotta say thank you. I did did that. What you're gonna find out is they're probably not gonna come back to you again with gossip. Okay? so. That's a hard one, don't listen to gossipers, that's just, that's hard. Confront gossipers graciously. It kinda pins with the second point there and the answer. Confront them graciously. First, if someone's gossiping against you and you find out, I think Matthew 18 is permissible for that. Okay, Matthew 18 uh, speaks of, this is Jesus teaching on what many of consider like church discipline. I think sometimes we use it out of context, but for this, I think it would be correct. You find out someone's gossiping against you, first you go to them in love and say, hey, I heard you've been saying this, is it true? Have you been? Yeah. Would you consider repenting? Like, can we just squash this thing? Can we do that? Turn away from it. Then if they're like, nah, I'm good. It's pretty crazy that someone would do that. But then you'd be like, all right, I gotta take one or two brothers or sisters with me and come and then be like, come on. Like, we're supposed to be brothers. By the way, this is a person who is a believing Christian, okay, you would not do this with people who are outside. You probably wouldn't take that second or first or second person with you. These are believers. Then you go with two people, and then if they still don't, the Bible says something really harsh here, and it sounds harsh, but it's probably the best thing you could do to win someone You you don't treat them like a, like a good friend anymore. You, you kind of treat them like what Jesus would call a tax collector. You kind of keep your distance because, man, you've done everything in your right to go to them lovingly and speak to them and, and ask that they would consider stop doing that and they're just refusing to. Then you have to protect yourself and also the, the profession of faith that you have and you've got to really consider that. That's a real hard one. Uh, la- lastly, Ephesians 4.15 also tells us, speak the truth in love. So everything needs to be seasoned with grace. Lastly, consider your words. Consider your words, friends. Consider your words. We're gonna meditate on a verse as we lead into our, our last worship song, Revelation song. In the psalmist it says, put a guard on my lips. Like consider all throughout the word of God that there is, there's blessing in being slow to speak and quick to listen. Consider the words you speak. Consider the weight they have. Consider the sharpness of them. Consider the, maybe the critical spirit that you may have. This could be a natural bend towards a certain sin that we all have. We all have a natural bend because of our background, because of our history towards certain sins perhaps. And maybe this is a big one for you. Consider, consider, consider your words. I want us to go right into Matthew 12, 36. Right into Matthew 12, 36. This this verse, I know it's been used to beat people down and just like almost seeking to like hurt people but I pray this convicts you in a way that gives us a right reverence for God. Jesus says, but I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For every empty word they have spoken. So may we consider our words. And then in Psalm 141.3, as I alluded to just a minute ago. The psalmist says, set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. This is, once again, friends, y'all didn't choose to come to Memorial Day service to have your ears tickled, okay? This This is a heavy subject, but I would suggest that it is one of the most accepted sins in our society and in churches. It's just something, it's just so easy. And with with information right at our hands, I mean, we just consume it. We just read about gossip, we share gossip, we love gossip. So this is something I want us to be mindful of, okay, as the people of God. So let's take a moment and pray as we lead into this last song. Father, uh, it's heavy, and I feel like it's so heavy because I know I've fallen into it so many times, whether I've gossiped about someone or whether I've simply given ear to gossip or whether I've been gossiped about and I just held up an offense and I didn't seek to do the right thing and I just held this hidden offense towards maybe an individual who, I found out has been gossiping about me. I I don't know, and I know I'm not here alone on this. I know I got brothers and sisters here who have wrestled with this, whether they've just been given ear to it, whether they've been gossiped about and then they haven't handled it well, or whether they themselves may be struggling with this sin. God, this is a sin that your word is very clear, like you, you hate this sin. Like you hate all sin and you died for sin but this is something that I think your church needs to hear. And so Father, I pray that you would give us a soft heart that you would allow us to receive from your word this morning. And that even right now, if if someone is coming into our mind who maybe we've been gossiping about, let us repent, Lord or maybe someone's coming to our mind who we have been in ear for their gossip, and we've just listened, and we've agreed. God, let us repent. And Father, if if we've built up offenses towards others who may have wronged us, let us even this week, let us even tonight, today, approach them in love, with words seasoned with grace, asking that we may be in right relationship together. And Father, I I can't even, I can't imagine this, but this, this is something that also affects people. When we're gossiping against our spouse to others, like let that not be. Father, if that's us, oh, would you restore a right relationship? If there are husbands speaking ill of their wives, to their friends, or if their wives speaking ill of their husbands to their friends or family. Father, may we repent so that we could be made complete and whole in Christ. Father, as we sing this morning, I pray your holiness would be all over our minds and all over our lips. And all over our hearts, for I believe this is one of the greatest ways in which we can combat such slander and such gossip is looking towards the holiness of God. For you and you alone are holy, God. We love you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. If you would stand and worship.